What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Trapped in the U.S. podcast, where we connect the dots between current news headlines and biblical prophecy. I am your host, KB, and today is February 7th. 2024 i have some major major breaking news to discuss with you we're going to go over news uh in the middle east we're going to go over news having to do with ukraine and russia with china we're going to go over news going on in the u.s with our border and i'm going to tie it all in with the biblical prophecy portion at the end towards the end of our newscast so we're going to jump right into it, and our first news we have uh, coming from Hal Turner. Uh, Flash, U.S. announces mobilization of all forces in the Middle East. The war with Hezbollah will start soon. Guys, this is major. U.S. announces major mobilization of all its forces in the Middle East. Uh, Israel Defense Minister Yov Gallant told the mayor of Haifa, Israel, today the war with Hezbollah will soon start, and that is why we have sent a large number of army soldiers of this regime to the northern borders. Gallant made it clear our patience with Hezbollah is coming to an end. Gallant told the troops near the border with the besieged Gaza Strip that others were being deployed to Israel's north. They will very soon go into action. And the forces in the north will be reinforced. Uh, Israel Ministry of Justice said in an official letter to its employees, in the event of a full-scale war in the north, prepare for the possibility of a nationwide blackout where 60% of the population will be without electricity for at least 24 hours. And there will be disruptions in communications, internet, and telephones. They are openly telling their employees to have emergency food, water, medicines, and to have food that will not spoil in their freezers. Ministry of Justice, this is just a refinement of existing guidelines, and they're warning their people. The White House confirms that President Biden has decided on how we'll respond to the attacks, which killed three U.S. soldiers. The decision has been made. And Iran has brought its army, specifically its air defense forces, across the country to maximum combat readiness. So this was on January 30th. Now, if we speed up just a few days, February 2nd, U.S. attack in progress. Live updates in progress. Here comes the B-1 bombers. They are in the air. These B-1 bombers uh, are designed to be able to travel very fast and to be able to drop uh, many types of payloads uh, on its targets, including nuclear. The United States B-1 heavy bombers took off from the continental United States earlier today en route to the Middle East for missions. Those are huge aircraft and very fast. Uh, other B-1 bombers apparently took off at 10.30 Eastern time from Lakenheath Air Base in the U.K., so the ones from the U.S. are hours behind the arrival of those U.K. deploy B-1s. So two rounds of U.S. heavy bombers are, are were coming in to start doing their bombing runs in the Middle East. Uh, approximate air distance from Lake and Heath to Damascus, Syria, 
Uh, it's about 4,650 kilometers. They travel, B-1 bombers travel about 647 miles per hour, which is really fast. Uh, American officials say that the countdown to the air campaign against the militias affiliated with Iran has begun and zero hour was very close. And if we know, as we know, that those uh, bombings already have started, we're going to move uh, on to the next. But before I do, uh, this was uh, uh, also released. The United States Army will utilize some of its most advanced new weapons for the first time over the next 48 hours to make an example of those who harmed us and to send a clear warning to the entire rest of the world about America's actual power Iranian backed militias in eastern Syria are issuing a direct order to personnel on the borders between Syria and Iraq to vacate the border points immediately and here's a picture if you're watching us on video of some of those B1 bombers flying over that area and running their bombing missions CENTCOM statement on U.S. strikes in Iraq and Syria. U.S. forces conducted airstrikes in Iraq and Syria against Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, the Quds Forces and affiliated militias, uh, militia groups. U.S. military forces struck more than 85 targets with numerous aircraft to include wrong-range bombers flown in from the United States. Airstrikes employed more than 125 precision munitions. The facilities that were struck included command and control operation centers, intelligence centers, rockets and missiles, and unmanned aired vehicle storages, logistics and munitions supply chain facilities, and their IRGC sponsors who facilitated these attacks against the U.S. and coalition forces. So now we have not only those uh, bombing runs going from the U uh, U.S. military and combined uh, NATO forces, but we have a missile attacking missile attacks uh, targeting American military bases in Conoco airfields in Syria, rocket salvos targeting American bases in eastern Deir Ezzor. More ships have been hit off the coast of Yemen in the Red Sea. Uh, and U.S. Central Command is confirmed that both Israelis and the U.S. Armed Forces carried out those strikes. And right here, February 4th, U.S. coalition has attacked nearly 40 Houthi sites in Yemen just over this past weekend. On Sunday, the Pentagon said its forces struck an anti-ship cruise missile launch position in Yemen. CENTCOM statement said the operation was conducted in self-defense against Houthi cruise missiles prepared to launch against ships in the Red Sea. This falls on the heels of a much bigger wave of strikes, which happened Saturday, which involved the U.S. coalition attacking 30 targets across 13 locations from airships, including F-18 fighters. So we have the U.S. now and its coalition forces bombing Yemen, uh, we have Israel now about to declare all-out war on Hezbollah. We are bombing in Iraq uh, these um, Iran proxies. We are bombing in Syria these Iranian proxies. We are bombing in Yemen. And we have Israel uh, also uh, 
getting ready to launch an all-out war on Hezbollah. The Middle East has literally exploded since October 7th, and it's not slowing down anytime soon. It's unbelievable uh, what is happening and how quickly World War III continues to uh, ramp itself up. Uh, these 40 uh, bombing runs that happened, the United States and Britain struck 36 Houthi targets in Yemen on Saturday. It was a second wave of assaults. The stepped-up uh, Western campaign appears to have done little to deter the Houthi attacks, given launches are still being attempted. A fresh Houthi statement has warned, we will meet escalation with escalation. UK Defense Secretary Grant Shapps said Saturday that anti-Houthi strikes are about protecting innocent lives. The Houthis' attacks on commercial and military vessels in the Red Sea, Red sea are illegal and unacceptable, and it is our duty to protect innocent lives and preserve freedom of navigation. Next line. Uh, this is from Zero Hedge. Iran vows to hit back if U.S. strikes targets on its soil. U.S. destroyer comes under attack in the Red Sea. So Iran has signaled it's prepared to counterattack in response to any U.S. strikes on its soil or assets abroad. So Iran is now threatening to strike back and hit America and hit uh, any of its coalition forces if we attack any of their assets, any of their targets on its soil and also uh, uh, assets that they have abroad. Uh, the Guardian reported Tuesday that a warning over red lines has been issued via diplomatic channels. Iran has told the U.S. via intermediaries excuse me, that if it strikes Iranian soil directly, Tehran will itself hit back at American assets in the Middle East, drawing the two sides into a direct conflict. Uh, Iranian Islamic Republic remains on high alert while Iraq, one of the main Shia militias in Iraq, which is believed responsible for the killing of the Americans, announces suspending all operations against U.S. troops and bases in Iraq and Syria. We announced the suspension of military and security operations against the occupation forces. The group said it was motivated in large partly because it did not want to cause embarrassment to the Iraqi government. The Iraqi government has lately clarified its stance that it wants to immediately see all U.S. and Western coalition forces exit the country on a permanent basis. The announcement was immediately subject to months' speculation. Is it a ploy to buy more time, a last-ditch effort towards peace, deception, U.S. administration response has essentially been it's too late and President Biden has already made the decision. So this is going to continue. And the Pentagon has indicated it's ignoring this Katib Hezbollah message that it won't change U.S. plans for major response. Katib Hezbollah has no point taking credit for the Tower 22 attack, while U.S. officials said it has the footprint of the group linked to Iran we hear threats coming from the U.S., Iran says. We tell them that they already have tested us and we know we now know one another and no threat will be left unanswered, the commander-in-chief of the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps. 
General Major General Hossein Salami said on Wednesday, the armies have prepared wars against Iran in all fields. Excuse me, the enemies have prepared wars against Iran in all fields, military, economically, in the media, and psychologically. Psychologically. Uh, and let's keep it moving here. We know, oh yeah, an anti-ship cruise ship missile launched this week from Houthi-controlled territory in Yemen was targeting Navy destroyers, making it the second militant attack on a U.S. warship patrolling the Red Sea in recent days. Uh, 11 p.m. Tuesday, USS Gravely shot down one missile over the Red Sea, U.S. CENTCOM said in a statement Wednesday. So we have warships over there in the, in the Red Sea, and we are uh, taking attacks from Yemen, from Houthis, uh, from uh, Iranian proxies in Iraq and in Syria and Israel as well, and they are warning their citizens that war is about to break out, is imminent in any moment, and to be ready to have to go without power and communications. This is happening right before our eyes, right under our nose. The next line here by uh, Zero Hedge, Russia calls urgent U.S. U.N. or uh, urgent U.N. Security Council meeting to condemn illegal U.S. strikes. This is on February 3rd on Saturday. So Russia has condemned the Friday night large-scale U.S. strikes on Syria and Iraq, saying it was an illegal aggression, and then an urgent United Nations Security Council meeting must be convened to address it. Maria Zakharova said Saturday of the American operation, which killed some 40 people, including civilians, that it once again demonstrated to the world the aggressive nature of U.S. policy in the Middle East and Washington's complete disregard for international law. Uh, and then we also have uh, in a, a similar article that came out on Monday, the 5th of February, China joins Russia in condemning U.S. strikes in the Middle East. After large-scale U.S. strikes on Iranian proxies in positions in Iraq and Syria on Saturday and Sunday, China on Monday issued a blistering condemnation of what it sees as aggression against sovereign countries. China's Forest Ministry spokesman Wang Wenbin said in a press briefing, Syria and Iraq are sovereign countries, and thus China opposes any act that violates the UN Charter and infringes upon other countries' territorial sovereignty and security. So Russia and China both are aligned they are both in agreement condemning these attacks that are going on against iran going against iraq going against syria going against uh lebanon uh that are attacking uh these proxies uh that are on these sovereign nations soil they're not getting permission from these countries uh we're just attacking these proxies and opening open bombing on their territory at will and Russia and China are both in agreement condemning it and they're condemning it in stride. The current situation in the Middle East is highly complex and sensitive. When been added, China urges relevant parties to earnestly observe the international law, remain calm, exercise restraint and prevent the tensions in the reason from escalating or even spiral spiraling out of control. Beijing's critiques of this latest round of Western military intervention related to ongoing spillover from Gaza war 
Echo that of Russia's rhetoric. Russia soon after Biden's Friday airstrikes on Iraq and Syria called for an urgent meeting with, with the UN Security Council to address the crisis. The Kremlin has gone so far as to accuse the U.S. of stoking a great power confrontation and a larger war for the Middle East. It is clear, Maria Zakharova said, that the airstrikes were specifically intended to further escalate the conflict by relentlessly attacking the facilities of allegedly pro-Iranian groups in Iraq and Syria, the United States has been purposefully attempting to draw the largest countries in the region into a conflict. Global Times, in response to U.S. strikes in Iraq and Syria, China's foreign ministry person Wang Wenbin said that China opposes any actions that violate U.N. charter and infringes on their territorial Sovereignty. You can see that picture there if you're watching us on video. Bulletin. And this is coming out on February 6th. European country issues NOTAM for unplanned military activity necessary to protect national security. Now we're seeing things ramping up here, guys. We are seeing NOTAMs being issued. What is a NOTAM? Uh, a NOTAM and we're going to read what this is, is notice to air mission, okay, which means that there's going to be military operations going on in the air in that specific area from this specific time period, and to be on alert that you are to always have your transponder on, and you are, if you are flying civilians, to be aware military operations are being conducted. This is typically what happens when war is breaking out or you're trying to secure airspace in your country to prevent any foreign uh, uh, flights or uh, Navy or, or Air Force, excuse me, to be able to fly in that area. And it puts everyone in alert status. So what is this time period? Poland is the country. It is issued a NOTAM involving the entire eastern one-fourth of the country of Poland from Gdansk in the north to the southern tip of the country, including the border with Belarus and Ukraine. Specifically, <clears throat> the Polish Air Navigation Service Agency, in coordination with the Polish Air Force, has introduced NOTAMs from February 5th to May 5th. So we're talking March, April, May. We're talking three full months. <coughs> three full months for the entire east of the country of the border with Ukraine. It's going to have a NOTAM over it due to the reported possibility of unplanned military actions related to ensuring national security. A NOTAM requires any civilian aircraft which is operating inside the zone to remain in radio contact with flight authorities, activate their transponder to prevent the disruption of increased activity of military aircraft. And if you're watching us on video, this is the area of the NOTAM here in Poland that is right on the border there with Ukraine and Belarus. And, uh, it seems like this is an actual window um, potentially for the launch of World War III when it comes to Ukraine and Russia. We're going to see how this is all going to play out, but NOTAMs are uh, a typical sign 
that you see when something is about to break out. And then today, February 7th, this just came out, current news, and it's in two different uh, confirmations here I'm going to read to you. Uh, Dmitry Medvedev, which was the former president of Russia, has once again bluntly told the people of the West that Russia will use nuclear weapons in a war with NATO because we have no choice. In a public posting on social media last night, Medvedev outlined the basic facts. Sunak, Schultz, Macron, Norwegian, Finnish, Polish, and other NATO bosses are harping on we must be ready for war against Russia, even though Russia has many times underscored that conflict with NATO and EU member states was not in their plans. The dangerous babbling is still going on. Quote, the reasons are obvious. It is necessary to distract voters to justify multi-billion spending on the bothersome Bandera Ukraine. Indeed, gigantic sums of money are being spent not on solving social tasks, but on war in a dying country alien to taxpayers payers with the population that is scattered across Europe and now terrorizing its people. This is why the heads of these states are emphasizing on a daily basis it's imperative to get ready for war against Russia and keep providing aid to Ukraine, which is why it's necessary to produce more tanks, missiles, and drones and other weapons. He continues, this is why we're emphasizing this, or they're emphasizing it. We just said that. But not all the European bosses are cynically lying to their citizens. If, God forbid, such a war breaks out, it won't go according to special military operations uh, scenarios. And it won't be fought in trenches using artillery, armor vehicles, and drones. NATO, and this is Dmitry Medvedev saying this, quote, NATO is a huge military bloc. The total population of the alliance member states is about one billion people and their combined military budget can get as high as 1.5 trillion so because our military capabilities are thus incomparable we will simply be left with no choice the response will be asymmetrical to defend our country's territorial integrity ballistic and cruise missiles carrying special warheads will be put to use it is based on our military doctrine documents and is well known to all. And this is exactly the very apocalypse, the end to everything. This is why Western politicians must be telling the bitter truth to their voters and stop taking them for brainless morons to explain to them what will really happen and not to play the false mantra of getting ready for war against Russia over and over again. Guys, I can't even begin to describe to you how serious things are ramping up. We are literally being threatened with nuclear war. If this continues to escalate and get out of control, it will not be long before we are in an all-out nuclear war in World War III and Everybody on this planet is going to be impacted in major, major ways forever. We're talking billions of lives at stake. The future of our children's lives at stake. All happening right now. We got the war in the Middle East that is exploding and getting out of control. We now have this war that is continuing uh, uh, to, to not only escalate, but is now getting to the point of straight up 
nuclear threats coming against the West from Russia if things continue. They are going to use nuclear weapons, and they are not joking. This is not some kind of joke that these guys are playing here. And how do we know we're responding to this? Uh, uh, how do we know we're taking it serious? Well, here's the well. First off, here's here's a, a in Zero Hedge the exact same clip. Medvedev warns Russia has no choice but to unleash nuclear apocalypse if attacked by NATO. So it's being it's being spoken, it's being noticed, but we're not seeing it on CNN, folks. You're not seeing it on Fox News. You're not seeing it on NBC, MSNBC. CBS, you're not seeing it on any of those newscasts, okay? They're not telling you any of this truth. This is not being told. This is all being swept under the rug, and you have to go outside of mainstream media to even have a clue what's going on in the world. This is why one of the reasons I'm doing this podcast and this newscast, because you guys need to know what is happening, what is really going on in the world. This is not somebody making up this stuff. I am literally showing you news headlines that are happening and they're confirming each other from multiple sources. Okay. You got to wake up and listen to, to what is happening and find the truth and cling to it because we are getting ready for world war three right before our eyes. And according to anyone who's living in the U S you would have no clue. This is happening. Uh, we'll continue on trying to launch in the sun. Uh, the U S sun here, uh, news published on February 1st, Triton to launch Britain to test five new fi test fire nuclear missile in major show of force with sub launching 44-foot Triton II for first time since 2016. So Britain's about to test fire nukes. We got Russia threatening nuclear war, and we have Britain test firing nukes. The Triton II missile has undergone a seven-year refit and can go 18,000 miles per hour. And here's a picture of it if you guys are watching us on video of uh, some of the actual tests that they're going to do on this nuke test. For the first time, the UK has test-fired, so it's already test-fired a missile since a botched launch in 2016. It follows the drumbeat of warnings that the world is careering into World War III. The Sun understands a $4 billion sub is scheduled to test-fire an unarmed missile after competing a seven-year refit in Plymouth. The tests are the final hurdle for the HMS Vanguard to re-enter service as part of the UK's nuclear deterrent fleet. The 30-year-old submarine was pictured sailing from Port Canaveral in Florida on Tuesday morning. The U.S. Navy, or the Navy, excuse me, hailed the doomsday vessel as a 491-foot colossus that can patrol undetected for months at a time. She can carry 16 Trident II D5 missiles, each armed with multiple British-made warheads that are each more than 20 times more powerful than the weapons dropped in, nuclear, in World War II on Hiroshima and Nagasaki in Japan. The sub is expected to launch a single unarmed missile from 90 kilometers off the U.S. East Coast. So this sub is going to launch a nuclear test missile off the U.S. coast. This is the U.K., this is this is a sub from the UK, but they're gonna they're gonna test it off the US East Coast. They're gonna launch it. 
and test out their nuclear weapon um, capacity. Next headline for Europe and NATO, a Russian invasion is no longer unthinkable. So they're, they're now preparing and realizing the fact that uh, Russia is not going to back down. They are not going to just crawl into the corner and disappear. They've met their match and they're going to live to fight another day. This is going to escalate and they are not going to stop in defense of their country and their homeland and all the threats and the, and the attacks that's coming from the West uh, Europe and NATO are they're 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 expecting Russia is going to respond and they're preparing their citizens. So let's see here. President Vladimir Putin on Russia once proclaimed the dissolution of a Soviet empire, the greatest geopolitical catastrophe of the 20th century. But then came Russia's occupation of Abzazia in South Ossetia from Georgia in 2008. It's backing for Ukrainian separatists and the annexation of Crimea in 2014 and the full-scale invasion of Ukraine in 2022. Now with the rise of former Donald Trump, President Donald Trump, who was in the past vowed to leave NATO and recently threatened to never come to the aid of its Alliance allies concerns are rising among American European nations that Putin could invade a NATO nation over the coming decade and that they might have to face his forces without U.S. support. That could happen in as few as five years after the conclusion of the war in Ukraine, according to some officials to believe that it would be enough time for Moscow to rebuild and rearm its military. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot sooner than the next five years. We're going to move on. Germany, this is on January 28th, Hal Turner. Germany plans to tell its citizens to build bomb shelters in homes and garages in preparation for war with Russia. So European nations are warning their citizens, get prepared, build bomb shelters in your homes. We are going to war with Russia, and we're not going to be able to protect you. Germans will be expected to turn their homes into bomb shelters if a major war breaks out in Europe. Uh, newspaper Bild reported on Saturday, citing a draft document from the Defense Ministry. According to the report, the ministry is set to complete work on a classified operational plan by April. This draft envisions Germany as a transit country crucial for the delivery of weapons and equipment rather than a state with an active front line. For that reason, soldiers will be tasked with security, key, securing key highways, railway stations, and ports. At the same time, the government would have to rely on civilians to step in and cover some duties typically assigned to the military and police, including protection of power plants. There are, there are only 579 functional bomb shelters in Germany, so the plan reportedly sees citizens setting up their own shelters in places as basements and garages saying that new building new shelters is no longer feasible due to time constraints. So they know they're up against time. They know time is not on their side. They don't have time to build these shelters. So they're telling uh, its citizens, you build it. <laughs> you build it yourself and we'll use it. We don't have time to build it. This is happening faster than we can prepare. And Germany is warning its citizens about it as we speak. Also, Happened recently here, January 31st. Ukraine hits Crimea with missile barrage. 
So Ukraine is hitting Crimea, Russian now Russian territory, with all these missiles that are coming from America. These are our missiles and others from European nations that are being supplied to Ukraine, and they're hitting Russian territory with these missile barrages. Ukraine launched dozens of missiles and other projectiles against Russia locations on Crimea today, just one day after a large drone swarm strike reportedly took out Russian military radar in northern Crimea. Sources in Crimea say more than dozens of more than a dozen explosions were either seen or heard in Sevastopol, Yevtepatoria, Saki. The fact that so many projectiles seem to actually get through what should have been Russian air defenses is perplexing. The fact that the missile projectiles landed in mostly open fields and achieved nothing is also strange, how Turner noted. And in other news, Ukrainian drone reaches deep into Russian territory, damaging one of its largest refineries. So this is February 3rd. Another major attack against a Russian oil refinery. In this fresh Saturday incident, a drone launched by Ukraine's SBU secretly ser- service slammed into Luke Oil Refinery in Volgograd, which is among the country's largest refineries. Two drones in total hit the primary refining unit, without which the plant will lose a significant part of its production capacity. So Ukraine is launching drones deep into Russia. We're launching missiles into Crimea. We're poking the bear. And there is... uh, going to be a response and it's not going to be something that we all are going to want or desire and all the billions of dollars going to ukraine all the weapons that is emptying out of our stockpiles being shot at and used by ukraine and being shot at into russia uh, we're depleting our own defenses we're weakening our own defenses and we are even more uh, putting ourselves and exposing ourselves to an uncomfortable position where we cannot refill our own armories fast enough. Uh, It's affecting uh, all our capacities for war. I mean, if we're launching out all all, all, uh, overall U.S. capacity in multiple theaters to fight war in the Middle East, to fight the war in Ukraine, we haven't even talked about China yet. We're getting into that here in just a second. But we are being stretched as a country. The U.S. is being stretched to its limits. And there's no way that we're going to be able to sustain this for long, y'all. I'm telling you, we got to prepare for things that are about to come upon us in this nation Let's uh, continue. Details emerge on the U.N. workers who were accused of aiding Hamas raid. So now we have uh, workers in the U.N. who were working for Hamas that was discovered um, uh, late last month, and uh, it sent shockwaves. One U.N. worker was accused of kidnapping a woman. Another is said to have handed out ammunition. A third was described as taking part in a massacre at Kibbutz where 97 people died. And all were said to be employees of the United Nations. They were sent there to aid schools and shelters and feed hundreds of thousands of Palestinians in the Gaza Strip. 
The accusations were contained in a dossier provided to the United States government that detailed Israel's claims against a dozen employees of the United Nations Relief and Work Agencies who played a role in the Hamas attacks against Israel. So we have UN employees who were involved in these attacks. This is unbelievable. Here we go, guys. Zero Hedge is a Chinese invasion of Taiwan imminent. It's what is the last thing we need, right? But look, China knows that we're exposed. China knows. Russia knows. We are we are exposed. We are stretched thin as a nation. And they're just biding their time, waiting for the moment that they're going to strategically attack us. And before that happens, Taiwan is directly in the crosshairs of China. Let's see what it says here. The recent victory of the Democratic Progressive Party's Le Ching Te in Taiwan's presidential election has heightened tensions between China and Taiwan, renewing the debate on a Chinese military invasion. While most defense analysis do not perceive a war in the Taiwan Strait as imminent, some notable figures have often warned that China might be tempted to launch a military offensive against Taiwan anytime soon. A four-star U.S. Air Force general even suggested last year that Beijing might take military action against the island by 2025. That's next year. It's 2024. By next year, depending on how the election goes, a lot of things are about to unfold before our very eyes. Undoubtedly, it continues, the Chinese Communist Party has been relentless in its pursuit of control over Taiwan. The Chinese state has employed a large-scale hybrid warfare campaign against Taipei to subvert Taiwan's independence-leaning government. China's hybrid warfare efforts have compromised have comprised of isolating Taipei diplomatically, undermining public trust through propaganda and fake news, cyber attacks, economic coercion, military intimidation through air defense identification zones, and large-scale military exercises. Despite China's prolonged hybrid warfare campaign, the pro-independence DPP candidate emerged victorious in this recent election. And the victory prompts a revaluation of China's approach and raises questions about their escalation of hybrid warfare to full-scale military operations. On February 24, 2022, it reveals that the hybrid models of warfare is not the sole element of the revisionist powers national security toolkit. <coughs> Excuse me. And traditional warfare is here to stay. On paper, Chinese hybrid warfare activities against Taiwan may also escalate to conventional military operations at any time in the future. So, guys, we are seeing continued um, threats going back and forth between China and Taiwan. Um, We're seeing that also happening between North Korea and South Korea. We're seeing this separation, guys. We're seeing two different... Uh, combating competitions of new world orders that are aligning themselves in battle for who's going to control the new world order for the longest time since world war ii it's been america and the west that's been the new world order guys we established that and when we won world war ii and we dropped those nukes on uh japan 
and we've been running the show ever since. Well, now we have Russia, we have China, we got we got Iran, we've got North Korea, we've got uh, other nations who have aligned themselves and are now um, ready to do battle on multiple fronts and are doing battle. We're seeing it right now before our very eyes. And it's going to ramp up into World War III. And it's going to happen sooner than we realize. Uh, The other thing, quick mention of this, the second factor is the U.S. support for Taiwan. Although Washington cut off its diplomatic ties with Taipei in 1979, it continued to maintain a robust informal relationship with Taiwan and sells its weapons to the Army in the decades that followed. Washington has seen Taiwan as an important strategic partner and often stated that it will protect Taiwan if China carries out an outright invasion campaign on the island. Therefore, direct military intervention in Taiwan could prompt Washington to impose serious sanctions on China, and it could spark an all-out war between China and the United States. So, guys, this is happening. This is very, very concerning news. Continuing to... uh, uh, build up to World War Three, and we're seeing it happen right before our eyes. But outside of uh, America, people know this is happening. Everybody, but inside of America, we're just we're they're just brainwashing us to death. You don't even know this is going on. People know something's wrong. They feel something is happening, but they can't quite put their finger on it. Guys, this is happening outside of our um, outside of our news. This is happening right under our noses, and my whole mission is to create awareness with all my listeners and all of you who are taking time to listen to this newscast and everything that's happening with Trapped in the U.S. Please like us. Please support us, y'all. Follow us on YouTube. Follow us on Rumble. Support us through Patreon as well. I'll I'll show you the links here later for that. Uh, so we can continue to bring you this news headlines and tie it in with biblical prophecy. Let's keep moving. Boom. China orders court to properly uh, property giant to be liquidated. So Evergrande, we've known about Evergrande. It's a huge real estate uh, investment company that's in China. And China court has ordered this property giant Evergrande to be liquidated. This is billions and billions of dollars. Let's take a look at this real estate developer. Evergrande has been ordered forcibly liquidated by Hong Kong bankruptcy court. This will likely trigger a crash and affect global markets like C19, but maybe worse. Evergrande still owes nearly $340 billion to creditors. Step one, immediate actions. The court appoints an official liquidator who takes control of the company. Trading on Evergrande stocks will be suspended. Evergrande bank accounts will be immediately frozen. Then the liquidation process begins. The liquidator will be required to certify all assets and liabilities to Evergrande. Creditors will then submit their claims. They will be ranked on their legal status. And the company's liquidator will start to sell all assets in an orderly manner through all possible means available to maximize their value. This is going to cause major damage. There's many investment houses, hedge funds, banks all over the world that have Evergrande 
investment money on their books that they're going to lose and have to have to uh, uh, they're going to have to write off. It's going to be a loss and this is going to affect China's economy and the world's economy is going to be impacted by this as well. Overall, the credit bust domino that Hong Kong Bankruptcy Court Justice Chan set in motion could potentially be of biblical proportions and will severely undermine China's efforts to convince investors to want to come back. And then in the Telegraph, this happened on January 30th, China's economy is about to implode. We will all feel the aftershocks. After Evergrande, the embattled Chinese real estate giant with, with debts of $300 billion has just been ordered to liquidate by a court in Hong Kong. What effect will this have both in China and across the global economy? This latest twist is no surprise. Evergrande has been long dead in the water. The point to grasp is that Evergrande's latest setback will not trigger a financial crisis in, in China. It will rather result in the financial crisis, which has been deepening for the least the last four years. Up to 30% of the Chinese economy has depended on grossly inflated domestic property bubble. By 2020, when the government finally took urgent measures to limit this debt, its corrosive effects had distorted and disabled both the informal banking sector and also much less accountable and manageable shadow banking systems. Both are now in serious disarray as a result. The, 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 the Chinese uh, economy is seriously going to take a huge hit by what is about to, what is happening literally right now with Evergrande and it's going to put them in a desperate situation war builds an economy there's millions and billions of dollars that goes into war creating a war machine the actual military industrial complex and when you are put as a country under financial uh, constraints because of choices bad choices that have been made uh, or whatever situation that you're put in creating war and launching war is a really great way to fix your financial problems and your in military industrial complex immediately gets gifted with, with billions and billions of dollars in, in monies to, <clears throat> to provide military assets. And it's a great time. It seems right now for China to be considering that, and their eyes are directly on Taiwan and America. Let's continue to keep moving. We're going to take it to the border, guys. We'll talk a little bit about what's going on in America. Take our border back convoy ends with rallies in three states. Several hundred people gathered in three border states Saturday. And uh, this is from February 5th on Monday, 2024. Border state Saturday to call for stricter immigration security, ending the cross-country take our border back convoy that traveled from Virginia to Texas last week. So the convoy has ended with uh, rallies in three states. The convoy organ organizers and supporters initially said as many 700,000 vehicles would take part in these three separate rallies in Arizona, California, and Texas. With hundreds of thousands, while hundreds of thousands of vehicles never materialized as the convoy moved across the country, about 100 passenger vehicles, recreational vehicles, and trucks, towing campers arrived in Texas. Yeah, 700,000 vehicles to 100 passenger vehicles. That's a, that's a pretty big miscalculation. The Texas rally occurred at the Cornerstone Children's Ranch 
in the town of Cuamado, about 20 miles outside of Eagle Pass. The day-long event included musical performances, vendors, and speakers who voiced their concerns about illegal integration. The mission here is, is the border. That's what we're here for, one of the speakers at the rally said. Another Take Our Border Back rally in California convoy organizer Scotty Sachs said the border is a national security crisis. We have a human trafficking problem on the border with proportions that we've never imagined. He told a crowd of 200. The Take Our Border Back convoy also gathered for a rally in Yuma, Arizona. The Texas National Guard seized control of Shelby Park in Eagle Pass several weeks ago and erected a razor wire barrier around it, limiting U.S. Border Patrol's access to the area. <clears throat> On Sunday, Abbott held a news briefing in Shelby Park accompanied by three Republican governors to discuss border and immigration issues. A state can defend itself and its citizens to protect their safety from the imminent danger that we are facing and from an invasion of millions of people coming from across the globe into our country who are unaccounted for whatsoever. Abbott also said he's expanding Operation Lone Star, the controversial border security initiative he launched in 2021. This operation includes deploying Texas National Guard members along the border, installing a floating barrier in the Rio Grande River, and, init and initiating safety inspections on commercial trucks arriving at ports of entry from Mexico. So we are aware, all of you are aware, we have a border issue. It's continued to get worse and worse, and we have tens of thousands of people crossing our border, it seems, almost every day, week by week, month by month. Who are these people coming in to our border? Sir, are, are they just all so, so South American migrants who are just kind of traveling in uh, um, to Mexico and trying to cross the border, trying to make a, a better life for their family? Or is it other people? As a matter of fact, who are the, the most, uh, uh, what people group seems to be crossing the border the most? Well, I'm about to reveal that to you here in just a second. Let's continue. Uh, this is Zero Hedge. U.S. caught known terrorist at the border, then let him go. Due to clerical error, an unnamed individual identified only as a member of a Somali terror group was caught crossing illegally into the United States at the San Isidro, California border on March 13th, 2023, then released into the United States where he roamed freely for nearly a year before he was arrested days ago in Minnesota. So he got from California all the way to Minnesota. This is a, uh, a, a an actual terror member that was on a terror watch list and he got through the border. So we have terrorists coming through the border from Somalia. This is incredible guys. How many people are coming through the border that we're not catching, that we're not seeing. They seem to be uh, from all news reports, a lot of women and a lot of children, but what they're not showing you is these are military middle-aged men and all these people groups, a majority of them who are coming through the border and there is a whole economy <clears throat> of people that are being hired uh, and are bringing these people into our border and they're paying money to do it. This is incredibly dangerous. If you guys have ever watched uh, Troy, the movie Troy, and, and it talks about that battle of Troy, we all know what a Trojan horse is, right? Well, 
a Trojan horse is seemingly happening right now. We have our enemies seem to be coming through the border uh, and just being let through. And we're going to see some of those enemies here. Uh, let me see. On January 18, 2024, the terrorist screening center made a redetermination that, the, that this individual who came through was a confirmed member of Al-Shabaab and was involved in the use, manufacture, and transport of explosives or firearms, the memo states. Two days later, ICE nabbed this member in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So on January 18th, just last month, they determined, after he came through in March of 2023, that he is a confirmed member and was involved in the use and manufacture and the transport of explosives or firearms. So this guy... This is what he does. He transports weapons. He transports firearms. And he's coming across the border from Somalia to Mexico into the U.S. If this isn't a Trojan horse, I don't know what else is. Uh, many within the Biden administration, including Secretary Mayorkas, have repeatedly assured us that the vetting process at the border is comprehensive and complete. However, we continue to witness alarming instances where terrorists are able to freely roam the United States for months after being released at the border before their criminal and terrorist histories come to light. According to the report, 50 individuals on the terror watch list were caught between October and December last year alone. For comparison, there were 30 such encounters between 2017 and 2020. So... From 2017 to 2020, 30 encounters happened at the border. But between October and December of just last year, from three years to three months, we had almost twice as many individuals who got through that border. The Border Patrol is authorized to hold migrants in custody for up to 72 hours. However, it takes much longer to complete a background check. The overburdening of the Border Patrol with the excessive amounts of illegal border crossers has forced faster processing times which doesn't allow for a more vigorous initial investigation into a migrant's background. These checks currently being run only initially search out criminal history in the United States, not outside our borders. That could take days, weeks, or months to connect derogatory information coming from other databases. So we just let them loose and, and, and let them roam through America and hope nothing happens until we gather all the information about them. Here we go, guys. 60 Minutes just came out with it, this news article on February 4th. Chinese migrants are the fastest growing group crossing from Mexico into the U.S. at the southern border. Are you kidding me, guys? Chinese folks are flying into South America in huge numbers and are crossing the border. They are the fastest growing group the fastest let's look into this article the number of migrants arriving at the southern border is unprecedented last year u.s customs and border protection recorded two and a half million instances of detaining or turning away people attempting to cross into the united states from mexico what's the fastest group among them chinese migrants yes you heard that right chinese we saw large groups including many from middle class come through a four foot gap at the end of a border fence, 60 miles East of San Diego. The illegal entryway is a new route for those hoping to live in America in America. Just after sunrise, we saw the first group of migrants take their way from Mexico 
make their way from Mexico through a gap between a 30-foot steel border fence and rocks, ducking under a bit of razor wire and into the United States. Here's a picture of it if you're watching on video. We were surprised to see the number of people coming through the, uh, from China. 7,000 miles away, China is. Our cameras and the one point this armed Border Patrol agent standing 25 feet away did not deter them. So we had a Border Patrol agent standing there looking at these Chinese migrants coming through the border and they did nothing. Didn't stop them. Didn't try to send them back. Didn't try to fix the hole in the wall. Just watched them walk in and did nothing about it. And uh, 60 Minutes did a good job interviewing some of these people who were just innocently coming through, I guess. Innocently, I don't know. Uh, this man, college graduate, told us he hoped to find work in L.A. Said his trip from China took 40 days. What country did you go through? Uh, Thailand, Morocco, Ecuador, Ecuador, Colombia, Panama, Costa Rica, Nicaragua. Jeez, um, the interviewer said. 30 minutes later, a smuggler's SUV raced along the border fence and dropped another group at the same spot. And 30 minutes after that, another group. Smugglers bring in SUVs with ch filled with Chinese migrants. Over four days, we witnessed 600 migrants, adults, and children pass through this hole onto U.S. soil unchecked. We saw people from India, Vietnam, Afghanistan. Many of the Chinese migrants who came through will end up asking for political asylum. Uh, he asked one, did you travel by yourself or with family or friends? No, just me. Just you. The Gap is a global destination littered with travel documents from around the world. Here's a picture of it if you guys are watching on video. With the help of a translator, we learned a little about the Chinese migrants coming through. We met a banker and small business owners. Some of the migrants made a grueling journey through Central America with dusty backpacks. But we noticed middle-class migrants from China arriving with rolling bags. They told us they took flights all the way to Mexico. Some flew from China to Ecuador because it doesn't require a visa for Chinese nationals. Then they took a flight to Tijuana, Mexico. The migrants told us they connected with smugglers or what they call snakeheads in Tijuana. So people from China, they're flying into Ecuador because it doesn't require a visa. Then they fly to Tijuana, Mexico. Then they connect with snakeheads in Tijuana who take them to the border and pay them money. And here we go. And they each paid him about $400 for the hour-long drive that ended here at the Gap. Why did you decide to come to Vegas? He, uh, United States, he asked. Female migrant. It's hard to live there. It's hard to find jobs. What did you do? Did you work in China? She worked at the factory, but now it's hard to work in the factory. Was this trip expensive? And uh, in the, the translator speaking English, uh, she said yes. And she was she had to sell her house to cover the fourteen thousand dollar cost of her trip to the U.S. Last year, U.S. Customs and Border Protection reported thirty seven thousand Chinese citizens were apprehended crossing illegally from Mexico into the U.S. That's fifty times more, fifty times more than the last two years earlier. Thirty seven thousand Chinese uh, citizens. Many of the migrants told us they made the journey to escape China's increasingly repressive political, political climate and sluggish economy. 
One woman said the Chinese lockdown destroyed her child's care, her child care business. She left her two young children with family at home. Uh, they're coming here for, they say for work, um, coming here for freedom. We wondered how all these migrants knew about this particular entryway into California. The answer was in their hands. The translator said, TikTok. So TikTok is letting all these migrants know how to get into America through California and who uh, a, a, apparently owns TikTok. Isn't it? Isn't it supposedly China that owns TikTok? And it's running its uh, back end. Very, very interesting. Oh, you learned on TikTok. TikTok is a social media platform created in China. The post we found had step-by-step instructions for hiring smugglers and detailed directions to that hole we visited. And we were struck by how orderly the routine all seemed. The migrants walked about a half a mile down a dirt road and waited in line for border patrol to arrive so they could surrender. The land they were waiting on is owned by a 75-year-old Jerry Schuster, a retiree. The whole world seems to know that's the way in, and it's on your property. They're all doing this, Jerry Schuster said. They're all doing this. When they come over here, they come with suitcases. They come prepared with computers, just like they got off our Norwegian cruise ship. Schuster owns 17 acres just north of the border fence and a quarter mile outside Chacumba Hot Strings in California. You're an immigrant yourself, Jerry Schuster said. Yes, where did you come from? I come from Yugoslavia. I left Yugoslavia. I went to Austria. I stayed there eight months and knocked on this door. I didn't bust the door down to come over here. I came through the front door. What do you think about this? The interviewer said. They don't care. They come through the hole like they're coming to their own country over here, and nobody does nothing about it. He said it all started in May. He went to investigate some smoke coming from his property and found migrants burning trees to stay warm. Today, his property looks like a messy moonscape littered with trash and tents migrants have left behind. This took over this man's property. Have you ever yelled, get out of here, the interviewer said. Well, they say uh, it was like four months ago. There was eight guys started knocking my trees and burning my trees. So I told them, please don't do that. And they started to surround me. I went home and got my gun and shot it in the air and they arrested me. And he said, they arrested you, the interviewer said. And he said, yes, they arrested me on your property, on my property. I asked them not to burn the trees and knock over the fences, and they arrested me. They put me in a police car, and I'm just protecting my own land. His gun was was confiscated. If you had to guess how many migrants do you think you've seen come through here, maybe 3,000 a week. 3,000 migrants are coming through just this man's property alone. Every single week. Uh, guys, I'm. Uh, I'm just amazed. You know, it seems like a. Uh, it, it There's too many smart people in this country to. Uh, that are dumbfounded right now at how something so common sense to want to protect uh, our country and defend it i don't know any other countries that are just blatantly allowing people to come in and out of their country uh and free will like this um they have systems in place they have protections in place it's obvious the reasons why um 
we have these people coming in and out of our country by the thousands, by the tens of thousands every single day, unchecked. And are they spies? Could they be terrorists? Could they be Trojan horses uh, being put together with uh, cells inside of America ready to attack us just like they did in Israel? I would say absolutely yes. You have to assume our... um, our government knows this, but why is it being allowed? Why do, why does Texas and other states have to defend its borders? Why do we have to convince anybody that this is a problem? And uh, why is it being, why is it happening for so, uh, just so blatantly right under our noses and being allowed to happen? And we notice these countries that are coming um, uh, coming into focus. We, we, we're hearing a lot about Russia. We're hearing a lot about China. And in times past where we were having meetings with these countries and we were trying to find uh, ways to coexist and work together on certain things, we've seen in the last few years that Russia has now become an enemy of America. We see that China is be- has become an enemy of America. And now we're going into war with them. Now we're fighting against them, maybe through proxies at this point, but uh, very, very soon it is not going to be a proxy war anymore. It's going to be an all-out war between the United States and the West uh, in Europe against Russia, against China, uh, and they are forming bonds. They are messaging together. They are conducting business together, and we are competing against the next world order that is about to take place. So what does this have to do with America? Why is this so concerning for somebody like myself? Why? Because I'm a watcher. I'm a seer. I've been knowing for years that Russia and China were going to attack America at some point, that our country was going to be handed over as a judgment from the Lord for the sins of this nation to our enemies. And it's happened in many times past. If we look at the Bible and you read all the stories, how many times, how many times was Jerusalem trodden down underfoot and Israelites were, 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 were taken away captive by Nebuchadnezzar's, by Rome, by other countries that didn't have nothing to do with its building, had nothing to do, but were given over because of the sins of that nation in times past. God is not changed. He does not lie. He is the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. And This nation did not start out this way. This nation, our nation, the United States of America, has been a blessed nation for many years. I love my my country. Um, I love all of our military who fight to defend our country and those leaders who have fought to uh, preserve the laws of this nation. But we have enemies who live in this country, who run this country, who do not care about the citizens of the United States. They do not care uh, about our health and future. They have orders to take. 
uh, and to execute. And America has to be a has to come into position for the coming world order. And you cannot build a new house on the same foundation as the old one. What do you have to do? You have to tear down the old foundation first to make way for the new house. There is a new America that has been envisioned and planned. And until this great reset is fully implemented, the old U.S. is a problem for those who want to run our future and our country. And you got to destabilize our country. <clears throat> you got to break it down from within. You got to weaken it in order to make a new country rise out of the ashes. And that's exactly what it's going to have to go to, to the ashes. Well, where is this in the Bible? Where is this in Scripture? What is the Lord saying about this? Well, we can go into, and I will teach a lot about this in Scripture, and it comes into Revelation, and it talks about Babylon, and one hour has that city fallen. One hour has this nation fall. Well, last week we talked about Demetri Dunamis' prophetic word, and this week I'm going to introduce another prophetic man of God. His name is Henry Groover. Henry Groover is a mighty man of God. This, this man, he's gone home to be with the Lord now. But his whole mission was to walk in all the cities of the world, as many nations as God would, would provide him to go to. And he would go into every city that he was sent, and he would walk the streets of that city and intercede and pray for the people in that city that they would come to know the Lord. He would intercede for the sin in that city, the sin in that nation, asking for people uh, that God would forgive them and the people to repent. He's a, he was a, um, a mighty, valiant prayer warrior. And from time to time, the Lord would show him things that were to happen and things that were to come. And the Lord showed him a prophetic vision about America and its downfall. And if you notice on all these prophetic words that I'm showing you guys that, that it's talking, each one is a warning from the Lord about what is coming to America. Last week, Demetri Duneman talked about uh, through the, through uh, Gabriel, the, the archangel revealed to him that in one hour, different cities of this country would, would, would fall and it would burn that this nation would burn. The sins of this nation would be recompensed upon our heads. And that those who, who um, love the Lord, those who pray for repentance of this nation, that God would protect us. Uh, there will be some that, um, you know, uh, will, will be caught up in, some of the warfare that will come upon this nation, but this country will not be the same. And we got to wake up. We got to hear what the Lord is saying through his prophets. We got to understand time is very short. And I'm going to get into this word from Henry Groover. And this is a specific word that the Lord gave him of a Russian invasion. December 14th, 1986, he was in Wales. And I'll read it here. 
My feet followed the course of countless others whose footsteps had eroded the winding stairway of the 12th century Carmethian castle, leading to its Eagle Tower. In the height of its power, it was reputed to be the strongest land-based marine defense fortress of its time. It is still one of the most well-preserved castles in the British Isles, housing a war museum and the place of coronation for the Prince of Wales. Prince Charles' ceremony was the most recent in modern times. I made my way up to the Eagle Tower, which is octagonal in form, with eroded figures of eagles on each side of its eight points. Reaching the top, I was able to overlook the Irish Sea, which separates Ireland from England and Scotland. Just beyond England, in the direction I was looking, is the North Sea, which touches the northern coast of Europe and all the Scandinavian countries. Without forethought or warning, I found myself in the spirit, high above the earth, looking down upon it. I saw a huge flotilla of all kinds of naval ships in the North Sea, accompanied by thousands of jet fighters. Thousands, he says, and bombers. They were all coming from an inlet somewhere up above Norway. At the time of the vision, my geographical understanding was limited to what I was actually seeing. I didn't have the personal knowledge of the names of some of the seas, ports, and countries that my eyes were seeing in the vision. That port was later identified and confirmed to be Murmansk in Russia. This massive air and sea fleet was heading west through the North Sea, out into the Atlantic Ocean between Europe and the United States. Before long, there was a military wall in the air and sea which extended from the North Arctic waters above Norway to the Atlantic Ocean as far south as the Horn of Africa. As I watched this alarming sight from my vantage point in the heavens, my attention was drawn homeward to the United States, and I wondered if she realized what was about to come upon her. Looking down towards the eastern seaboard of the U.S., I saw vast numbers of submarines. So closely positioned under our coastal waters that the sand of our beaches touched some of their subs' noses. I couldn't believe they were actually this far into our territorial waters and still undetected. Shocked and dismayed, I looked all the way across the country to the Pacific Northwest, where my family was living in Portland, Oregon. I stood in the heavens, astounded as I saw submarines positioned in the same manner along our western coast, from Seattle to San Diego. Instantly, my attention was drawn to radio towers that seemed to be coming up out of the earth all across the continental U.S. I saw the tower's transmission coming forth as dotted lines into the heavens. It reminded me of the 1950s newsreels portrayal of radio towers sending out their signals across airwaves. As quickly as the signal left the towers, the dotted lines turned into sprinklings of dust falling to the earth. Oh, Lord! I cried out. The warning is not getting through. They won't even know what hit them. At that point... My attention was drawn to a missile coming forth from a submarine just off the coast of New York City. I watched in disbelief as it exploded, turning the city into dust and ash. I looked across the country again 
and saw an explosion in the area of Seattle and Bellevue, Washington. Then another was fired over each of the cities of San Francisco, Los Angeles, and San Diego. The final missile that I witnessed exploded over Florida. As the vision faded, I found myself standing back on that Eagle Tower, looking down to my left at the village below the castle. It appeared to be business as usual. There were no alarms or sirens being sounded. The people were not showing any evidence of an imminent or actual attack. Again, I cried out in my spirit, Oh God, if this is not happening, then what will be the sign of its happening and of its time? Pay attention, everybody. In response, I heard an audible voice say to me, when Russia opens her doors and lets the masses go, the free world will occupy itself with transporting, housing, feeding, and caring for the masses and will let down their defenses. They will cry peace and safety, and then sudden destruction will come upon them. That is when it will happen. This is. This is serious, everybody. Any of you who love our country. And I think that's what we're seeing and witnessing right now. In the streets of America. We have a lot of people who love this nation that are very disconcerted with the condition of our country and the direction we're going. And all they want is for the country we love to, to be preserved and um, to continue on with our lives. But we have had, um, we have been overrun this nation, our leaders have handed our country on a platter to our enemies. Russia will invade America. China will be on that West Coast, just like Henry Goover said. They will take over what's left of this country and citizens in this nation who survived the onslaught of this battle are going to have to figure out how to fight and defend for our families. This is so concerning to most people. If you're hearing this, I know this is probably um, the last thing you want to hear. It's not fun talking about such things, but the Lord has given me, uh, this mission, this podcast to reflect the things that he has shown uh, us, the warnings that he has given to his prophets. Um, the Lord is telling us this nation is going into judgment and he's handing it over to our enemies because we have fallen from him. We have not repented of our sins. We are past our our. Leaders are passing and legislating demonic laws that fill our streets with evil, fill our schools with evil. Uh, And 
we are the most divisive country. I can't remember a time in my whole life that America has ever been this divisive. Um, people are mad at each other. I've never seen our country in a position where we're potentially looking at civil war over Texas and the border. Um, and our enemies see it and they're laughing at us because they know at a time and place of their choosing, this is going to come upon us and you have to be ready in your heart. You've got to be ready with the Lord. You got to make sure you're right with him. And, uh, this is where I go into the end of the podcast. What do you do? What do we, what are we supposed to do with this information? Be aware. Don't just buy into the lies. Don't just listen to the news and continue to be brainwashed the way they want us to. We have a mind to think and to debate and to understand uh, and discern the times that we're living in, what information is real and what is not. Um, and we need to be aware we are living in the end times that, that, we are entering into a very, very, very dangerous season for our country and for the world, and we need to prepare our hearts. We need to prepare our hearts for what is coming, and we need to prepare our hearts to meet the Lord at any moment, at any time. We won't know when it's going to hit us, but when it hits us, this country is never going to be the same. So every day, I encourage you to pray, repent, Read the word of God and do what it says every day. Just spend a little time, whatever time you can, with the Lord and pray. Intercede for your families. Intercede for this nation. Intercede for the city that you're living in. Intercede for your pastors. Read more of the Bible every day and try to do more of what it says and apply it to your life every day. Be honest with God. Talk to him about your heart. Talk to him about how you feel. Talk to him about your frustrations. He can handle it. <laughs> he can handle your frustrations. He can handle what you're dealing with. He cares more about it than you do. You need to prepare your heart for tough times. If martial law was declared tomorrow, how long would you survive with the supplies you have in your home right now? Get your home in order. Get your life in order. If you were to, 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 to die tomorrow, do you have a will in place? Do you have a trust put in place? Is your business in order? you have life insurance? Do you have uh, secondary insurances? Uh, that's just common sense. But also, do you have food? Do you have water stocked up? Do you have supplies stocked up? Precious metals to barter with, shortwave radios, alternate ways to communicate, home defense, alternate energy sources. You need to start thinking about preparing your home and you, you're already behind. If you're listening to this right now and you've done nothing to, to store up and start preparing your house, you are way behind. We do not have a lot of time. When it's too late, you cannot go to the store and start buying stuff then. It's too late. You have to have already had it in your home before the shoe drops. You have to be ready now. And I would encourage you try to stock up at least three to six months of supplies of food and water and supplies per family member in your home. 
If it's just you, try to get six months to a year of food and water and things you need for your shelter and alternate energy and communication and other stuff. If you have four people in your family and you haven't started yet, I would get as much dry food and cases of water in your garage as you can possibly fit right away, right away, right away. Get whatever you can and start stocking up and get your home ready. Uh, do you have an alternate place to go that's away from the city where you can build a community with others and work together to grow food and protect one another? If you guys live in the city, if you guys live in a suburb close to the city, when martial law hits, when nuclear war hits this nation, every street in America is going to be a battleground. I'm just putting it out there. People will be roaming streets looking for food. There will be not enough police to, to, to govern this. There will not be enough military to, to stop this. There will be waves and waves and waves of people desperate. And they'll do anything that they got to do to eat, to survive. And if it's life against life, if it's your life against mine, people will not care or wait for a second. You have to be in a position where you are not near any of that. If you can find alternate locations where you can go that maybe it's a little out in the country. Maybe you have some family that lives in the mountains somewhere. Maybe you can buy some property that's out in the country, a couple acres or something, and and maybe maybe it's near some water or you have some 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 relatives. I don't know. I don't know where each of you are who are listening, but I would highly encourage you to try to find and be looking at alternate places that you and your family can go when the time comes. Have a bug out bag, something set aside, ready to go. You can just grab and go that has what you need. And when the time comes, you can go and you're not panicking because you've been prepared. You've prepared your heart for this. And finally, like I said before, don't panic when you hear this. You're either going to dismiss it and think I'm crazy or you're going to think I'm. this is absolutely the truth. This is unbelievable. And I'm freaking out. First off, do not freak out. Don't panic. Don't quit your day job. Don't crawl up in the corner and cry. Be aware that this is coming. Be aware that this nation is under a target. This nation is under judgment. This nation will be attacked. It will be overrun by our enemies. And it's only a matter of time as World War III continues to ramp up that this will take place in our streets, in our cities, right before our eyes. When that time comes, you cannot afford to go crazy. Your family is looking to you to lead. Other people are looking to you to lead and you got to be ready to just transition. You got to be aware. You got to prepare your heart for things that are to come. Keep pursuing, you know, your dreams and passions daily. We know that uh, we got to have a balance in life, okay? You, you Keep working. Don't quit your day job. But there will be a day and a time where things are going to change and you'll not have control over when that happens. But 
you can control how you're going to respond to it by preparing your heart to be ready to meet the Lord at any moment and to be ready to transition in that moment to do what you got to do to make sure you and your family are safe. Trust God. He cares more about you and your family than you do. But tomorrow isn't promised. Get your heart right with him. God's judgments are coming to America. Stay close to him and he will protect you in the days to come. And even if you are, your time has come and, and the righteous die along with the wicked, if a nuclear bomb goes off over your city and you're in the middle of it, there's righteous people that are going to die right along with the wicked. There's nothing you can do about it. But are you prepared to meet the Lord in that moment? Are you prepared to meet your maker? Get your heart right with him and make sure you're praying and you're reading your word every day and you're being more obedient to the things he's leading and guiding you to do. You won't have time to debate God when the time comes. You need to be ready to act on a whisper. Trapped in the U.S. podcast. Follow us on IG. Follow us on Facebook, YouTube, at Rumble. They're all at Trapped in the U.S. And please follow us and support us on Patreon, Trapped in the U.S. podcast. Please support this channel. There's two different subscriptions on there. You can get a $5 a month membership, a $10 a month membership. The $10 a month does give you access to some other uh, episodes and sub episodes where I go into even greater detail and share things that may be too dangerous for YouTube. Um, but uh, it supports our channel. It helps me continue to deliver the message. And I pray you guys would uh, support us. Thank you so much for listening to trapped in the U S podcast and this newscast. I pray y'all have a blessed day until the next time. God bless you.